welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. We would go to Grandma, Grandma Abbott's house on Friday nights. Every Friday night, we would go there, my brothers and I and my aunts and uncles. Uh, in fact, when I was in high school, I, w- I got made fun of a couple times because people were in the locker room, you know, after hockey practice, like, oh, what are you doing tonight? And people were talking about, you know, going to whatever party or club or I guess you didn't do clubs back then, but, you know, whatever party they were attending, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my grandpa's house. And it was kind of like, like, you're going to do what? That was what we did. We went to my grandpa's house on Friday nights. Like, I learned how to play rook and card games and all kinds of fun stuff there. And there was always food. There was always, you know, a, a cheese plate and, and uh, the, the so- summer sausage and club crackers, you know. The other, my other grandparents' house, Grandma Jeannie, man, this woman could cook like nobody's business. Like, no detail was left unattended at Grandma Jeannie's house. You know those, like, silk blouses that Grandma would wear? Oh, man, just, they just rub right up next to them. They're so soft. I love those things. Grandma Jeannie. And then I went off to college, and I, we met these people called the Petersons, this, like, crazy hippie couple called Paul and Vicki Peterson. And they would invite college kids over to their house after uh, Young Life Leaders over to their house for dinner, uh, like a weekly dinner. And so you'd walk into the, the Peterson's house, and something was given to you, whether it was a knife or a spatula or a, something to stir the pot. And you were just kind of like brought into the chaos that ensued at the Peterson's. And what I remembered at the Peterson's was you became part of we. Like the Peterson's home, it was, a, it was always a we experience. And the moment you entered the door, you became part of we. And so you'd cook the onions or stir the pot. Or, and Paul had these, like, these questions that, have you ever, do you know somebody who asks a question and it's like they see inside of your soul? You're kind of like, whoa, settle down. The first time I ever went, I was like, man, that guy is intense. I don't know if we're going to go back, but of course we did, week after week after week. And, uh, and then there's the Caswells. We were actually with them last night, this group of people, uh, this family. And when you're with them, like, n- the expectation is to be nothing other than who you really are. You know those kinds of people when you walk into their space? Like what you're asked to be is just who you authentically are. Such a disarming kind of host. And then uh, the Pattons, um, this group of people that um, we study with. And there's a table in the Patton home. And there's an anticipation that God will meet us around this table at the Patton home. There's something deep in our bones, something deep inside of us as humans that recognizes or resonates with this idea of hospitality. When someone hosts and they welcome you in, it it, it rings true to us because I would argue that this is a part of who God is and so therefore it's a part of who we are. Like we were created to participate in it and give it and receive it, hospitality. So this morning, here's how I wanted to find hospitality. Uh, I want to suggest that hospitality is about the desire and the ability to host space. The desire and the ability to host a space. So hospitality is not dependent on whether or not you have a home. Hospitality is not dependent on how many people can fit around your table. But rather, it actually taps into this question of can you see someone? Can you see someone other than yourself? The great human dilemma, right? Narcissus, if you know Greek mythology. We just love ourselves. We love thinking about ourselves. And so hospitality taps into this conversation and this negotiation within the human spirit of, can you see someone outside of yourself? And we've all had those moments where either we weren't seen or we missed somebody else. Hospitality taps into this conversation. Can you see 
someone else? And then can you create space to host them and welcome them? And I think if we're honest, some of us, um, some, of, some of the people in this room excel in hospitality. And I would suggest actually that the Spirit of God gives a special sort of dispensation or gift. Some of you might recognize that language of hospitality. And you might be thinking, well, that's not me. I'm, I, in fact, I, I get anxious at the thought of what you're even talking about. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Hang in there. Hang with me. I hope that uh, as we walk through this this morning, we look in these passages, I think that what I want to try to offer this morning will allow all of us to kind of uh, access it, at least at some level, and be invited to grow in our capacity to be hospitable. So, 2 Kings 4 and then Romans 12. I'll ask you to stand, and let's go ahead and read these passages, and then we'll jump in. Starting in verse 8, 2 Kings chapter... Oops, I'm in numbers. That's not going to help me. Uh, 2 Kings. Here we go. Let's just read it. There we are. Um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. And so whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man, who often comes our way, is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. By the way, lamp, that's the word menorah, you might recognize it, always used in the temple. That's the, 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 lan the lantern that was in the temple. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And then Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Pray with me if you would. God, this morning as we look at these passages and we uh, gather in this space as your church, as your people, um, it's my hope and prayer that you would draw all of us near to you, whether we follow you uh, explicitly or we're just exploring whether we uh, know you by name or not. Uh, I pray, God, that as we study this word, uh, this scripture which reveals you to us, that it would do just that. That you would reveal to us who you are, your heart, the very nature and your essence. That you would welcome us in. And that we, in turn, would welcome others. I pray in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. So I want to start in 2 Kings chapter 4, this kind of random story of Elisha the prophet and the Shunammite woman. And I would say it this way as we begin. Hospitality begins with the divine presence in me. Um, I would say creating space in your heart and life for the divine, and then, key, and then not filling it up. Not filling it up. The Shunammite woman, if you, if you heard this passage... She, uh, Elisha's a prophet, and he's kind of coming through town, and the geography of, of Shunem is, in fact, there's a woman named Jezebel, if you know the story of the kings, and she is kind of, she's a tyrant, and she's actually killing the prophets of God, the people of God, but Elisha decides to come, and Shunem is directly underneath the sort of palace and, and, and uh, lair of this crazy lady named Jezebel. So this woman, the Shunammite woman, she is literally right under the nose of the, of the lady who's sort of running things rampant in the, in the town and in the neighborhood. 
And this prophet of God, Elisha, comes through, and so she recognizes, she sees the divine presence in Elisha, and she recognizes it as such. And then she says to her husband, let's make, should they invite him in for bread and for tea and crumpets? I'm, I'm refraining a dumb and dumber line here. Uh, so, let's invite Mary right in for tea and crumpets. So, I... Uh, can't. I can't do it. I just can't. I can't stop myself. So she invites the, 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 the man of God, Elisha, into her home. And then she says, she goes beyond that. She says, let's actually make a room for him in our home with a bed and a lampstand and a table and a menorah. She creates space so that she can host the presence of the divine that is in Elisha. Hospitality begins actually with God and me. And our capacity to create space in our own heart and in our own lives that we can host and be with God and not fill it up. Um, this is a picture of my garage. Everybody just take it in. Okay? Now I'll let you know that this is a 40 foot long garage, 21 feet wide for all of you folks who like garages. You can come over anytime. <laughs> My garage was half that size at the house that we moved in, and it was way more organized than this, right? If you notice here, we'll just point out a couple things. We have golf clubs on the far left, next to a moving dolly, next to a, a, a number of bikes, next to a sled, because it's May, <laughs> which is hosting a bike helmet, <laughs> which is near an office chair, which is in front of a stand for the brewery, which is not set up yet in the current house, which is next to a boat, which has a, a, a dust evacuation system for woodworking. Hang, that's not Snuffleupagus, that is a dust extraction mechanism, which is next to the dust extractor, just to the right, which is next to the table saw and the router table, which I absolutely love. Which is, you, you see what I'm saying? Um, this is what we do, right? When we get space, we fill it up. If you imagine a page that has margins, do you guys remember college-ruled paper? And there are those small little red lines on the sides. Those are called margins. <laughs> it's so that what you look at actually makes sense and that there's room for the content on the page. But often we... I don't know if this is a Western thing or a specifically American thing or a Minnesotan thing or all of the above or just a 20, 2016 thing, but when we get a page or a garage, we just go from left to right and fill the entire thing up all the way to the edges. We've talked about Shabbat before, right? The, the, it all begins with stopping in Scripture. Life begins with stopping, right? These are margins, I want to suggest the possibility that hospitality begins with my capacity, your capacity, our capacity to create space in our own hearts and in our own lives to host God's presence and the discipline to not fill it up with other stuff, right? Now, there's a lot of things in evangelicalism and camp kind of theology that we got, you know, the quiet time, which I sort of like get, I start itching and, you know, camp counselors, you should do your quiet time. But there's some truth to some of this, is there not? Some of these old school things that maybe we, us young people, we, you know, throw it away. 
There's wisdom there. What, quiet time, like what's, that, what's, what's at the base of that? Well, the idea is carve out some space in your own life where you can host the presence of the divine, where you can be with God. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but I would suggest a regular rhythm, maybe even a weekly rhythm. Hey, there's a new idea where you like work six days and then you wait and you rest on one day. <laughs> That's a great idea. I should write a book or something. <laughs> Call it the Bible. Where you like work hard, but you rest, you stop. Monthly maybe, there's a cadence where you take a day and you just set it aside. So I haven't been sharing this with you all because I wanted to live in it for a while, you know. I'm quick to share things. I, uh, we were talking with somebody last night and they were, they were saying, so I worked up this whole idea in my mind. And then when I had everything complete, I went and I sort of presented the idea to their spouse. And I'm like, that is exactly how I do it. Just wait till all the ducks are in a row. I, I get an idea and it's like, fire it off, right? So I wanted to live in this idea, but once a month, I have been going to this little place that's called the Urban Retreat Center. It is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's just north of Bethel uh, <laughs> College University, and I just take a day, and it's silent. Like, I turn off my phone, I turn off my computer, and I'm just there, and the, the assumption is that I sort of start with, that I come to the table with is God. It's like a date. <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, but I actually get really excited about it. I'm like, I've got a date with God today. It sounds, the first time I was thinking about it, I'm like, I put it in my calendar, and I, this kind of like welled up inside of me. I'm like, oh yeah, we get to spend a whole day together. And that actually has grown in me. Fascinating. When, that, when, when, you, when you set aside time and God meets with you, you want more of it. It's crazy. So I want to begin this morning by saying hospitality, this idea of hosting and welcoming, begins with me, and it begins with you and our hearts and our capacity to sort of host a space and not fill it up, but protect it, keep it. Sacred, holy, I think scripture talks about that in terms of Sabbath, right? Keep it holy, it's set apart. Now here's what's fascinating about the, the Second Kings passage. This woman, if you go back in Second Kings, it says that this is a, a, a well-to-do woman, right? In the actual Hebrew, the word that's used there, it should be translated, um, a woman who was very large. <laughs> Like, what is going on there? Who would ever, in their right mind, say that about a woman? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So you start digging, right? Like, why would it say that? Like, that's the literal translation, a very large woman. Well, if you go back to the first usage of this word, gedola, in Hebrew, it's Genesis chapter 12. Surprise, surprise. It all comes back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. God says to Abram, I will enlargen your name. Does anybody remember what happens to Abram? He gets a letter added to his name. And it happens to be the letter, the same letter that is in the letter of God, or the name of God. God literally adds to Abram his own name. He enlargens Abram. And I think that the writer of 2 Kings, who is no dummy is nodding back to Genesis chapter 12 and the possibility that when we create and carve out space to host the divine, that's exactly what happens. God enlargens, adds his name and presence to our experience. 
So hospitality begins there. I would say, secondly, it's creating and hosting space for our neighbor, for our friends. Now, this is where I want to be just really pragmatic and practical for a moment, if I can. The Shunammite woman, she actually makes space in her home to host someone. Um, I think the church has missed an opportunity, if I'm being honest, in terms of uh, uh, its challenge and its ask to people over the course of history. And I can only speak for my 39 39 years um, and less than that, because I don't remember the first few, but... When the church asks for something, it's usually money or like your time, talent, and treasure, right? Like if you're going to tithe and you're going to give to the church, we want to invite you to give your time or your talent or your treasure. Uh, Great alliteration for those preachers out there who like to use alliterations. I'm going to talk to you about three T's today. Time, talent, and treasure. But what? What if? What if this morning I'm actually going to ask for your tables and your homes as well? What if we saw the spaces and the tables that we gather around as an asset to be leveraged for the kingdom, for the good news of Jesus? If you have a home or a space or a table that you can invite others into and around, what would it look like if the challenge this morning was this simple? Do you want to come over for dinner? What if the challenge from me, your pastor, was to take something that you have, a space, a home, I'm assuming, right? I'm not, not everybody does, but if you do, a space or a home, a table that you gather around and leverage it for the kingdom and for the good news of Jesus. And and the challenge is this simple. Repeat after me. Do you want to come over for dinner? Or even breakfast. That's a real easy one, right? Then you can just say PJs are required, you know? What if it's that simple? I would argue that many of us in this room have a resource that we're not leveraging as much as we could. I once had a friend who, who gave a sermon, and it was called, like, uh, Host Chips. And the, the whole illustration was chips and salsa. This guy loved salsa. And he would just, like, the challenge was, just one person, invite him over for chips and salsa. What if you took your home or the resource that you have to create space in common spaces, so if you don't have a home, by leveraging the tables we gather around for friendship and community, intentionally, as people who follow Jesus, And I would argue that it's not that difficult. And we could grow in this area. Now, some of you may be here this morning and you're like, no, seriously, I break out in hives. Like, I have massive anxiety if if, if you're asking me to do this. Okay, all right, there's other things today that you can latch on to, so maybe this one isn't for you. But for the rest of you, it's quite simple. It could look like pancakes on Saturday mornings. Just like pick a day, pick a time, pick one person And that you could sort of take what you have, the home that you have, the table that you gather around, and leverage it to host and create a space for the other, for your friends, for your neighbors. For us, it's looked like we've done Saturday morning breakfast, and PJs are required. So there's people come over, and there's coffee, and there's bacon. I like bacon, so I just make bacon. We've done, it, it looks like just drinks on our deck at night. Like, hey, what are you doing? You want to come over for a drink on the deck? And I think, if we're honest, there's a couple things that, that stop us from this, right? Number one, my house is a mess, right? How many of you are like, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a nightmare. <clears throat> um, gang, here's the deal. I think collectively we could all agree that none of us live in museums. Like real people live there with humans and children 
who don't always put away the peanut butter and jelly or who put their dishes in the sink. Like we can all agree that these are the actual places that we actually live our lives. And so this is totally normal. That you're not the only one who may have a few dishes on the counter. And it shouldn't be the thing that keeps you from saying, hey, do you want to come over? So collectively as a community, could we like agree to give a pass to somebody if they invite us over and all the dishes aren't done? Yeah? Can we just say like, it's okay. We could actually, we, we'd love to see you as a real person in your actual home, living your actual life. Not some fake life that you put on when everybody comes over. Now friends, I will say this, note, Hosting somebody, like inviting somebody over, it's great motivation to just do that quick little sweep up, you know? Like when we have people over, it's like, man, we should host people more often because it took 10 minutes just to find all the socks, <laughs> which we're going to need this week anyways, right? So there, that's free. Just host somebody. You'll have socks galore. The other thing that I think holds us back on this one is that we don't want to be a burden and we don't want to impose. So, have you ever invited yourself over to somebody's house? Like, hey, we'd love to come over for dinner. <laughs> no? I think there should be a level of relationship here if you're going to go with there on that question, right? But I once heard this quote, and I want to give it to you. If you write things down, you're going to want to write this one down. Imposition is a part of Intimacy. Those closest to you are welcome to impose on you as a part of loving friendship. Imposition is a part of intimacy. If you're in intimate friendship and relationship with someone, does it bother you that they might impose? No. I mean, sure, there may be a time when it's like, not a good time. Can we rain check, right? We do pop-ins sometimes. This is gutsy. <laughs> Where one, one of our friends actually, we're there, it was like a Tuesday night or something, like 9.30 at night, the door, knock on the door, and it's our good friends, they're like, pop in! <laughs> it was their anniversary, they had gone out for dinner, and they, were, they had a little staycation in the city, and they're like, what if we just showed up at the Witham's door? It was absolutely fantastic, we loved it, we're like, we are stealing that. So we do, pop, if we ever show up at your house and we're just like, pop in, that's what it means. And it's just like, hey, you want to hang out? And it may be, no, that's fine too. There's a little bit of a risk there. You got to, you know, so you got to have some guts to do that one. But pop-ins are welcome at the Witham home, okay? So, um, but seriously, I, I, the challenge really here is to think about what do you, what, what's in your hands? Like, what do you have that you could leverage for the sake of the kingdom as it relates to a table or a home? Just a simple thing of like four walls and a roof to welcome people in and host them around a table. Lastly, I would say this, and this comes from the, <clears throat> the passage in Romans. Um, hospitality includes brotherly love to the, the stranger, the immigrant, and even the enemy. The word that's used in the New Testament, if you break it down, it's, two, it's made of two words. It's philozena, and if you break it down, the two words are these two. It's, made, it's philos, or phileo, and xenos. Now, you might recognize Philadelphia, the city of Brotherly love, right? That, that makes total sense. It means like the kind of love that you would show to a brother. So the word that's translated hospitality, when Paul says practice hospitality, it's philozena, the kind of love you would show to a brother, show it to, and xenos means xenophobia. You know what that is? Fear of the stranger. Literally, in the Greek, it means 
the stranger, the immigrant, and even in some cases, the enemy. So what is Paul saying when he says in Romans 12, Show, uh, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, practice philozena, practice brotherly kind of love, show the kind of love you would show to a brother to the stranger and the immigrant and even the enemy. Now this is where the challenge comes for us in our day and age. And I think that if we're honest, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a degree of nuance that we have to take this word with, right? We live in 2016 and the world is crazy. We could all agree, you just watch the news. And it may not be the same world that they lived in, so there are things that we have to deal with that they didn't. Yes. And. The other day I was driving down Marshall Avenue. And I looked over to my right, and there was a school. That was a schoolyard full of Somali kids. And it's a school, uh, I don't know the name of it, and I don't really know the story about it, but I'm assuming, based on what I saw, that it's a school that Somali kids go to. There wasn't, there wasn't a, a Westerner among them. Now, here's why I share this story. There was a day in my life when the first response to that scene would have been suspicion and fear. That is not what Paul is talking about. That's the opposite. And for me, this is my own personal journey on this, I was really, really excited to celebrate. My first response when I looked across this field, I, this is what I thought to myself. Man, I wonder how hard it would be to be those kids living in this world. In Minnesota, for crying out loud, Minna stinking soda. Right? I don't think it snows in Somalia. I'm pretty sure. But to look out and see everybody around you different, and I thought, I hope that they don't forget who they are and where they've come from. Hospitality, show the, the immigrant, the stranger, even the enemy, hospitality. Can we cultivate a spirit where our first response is not fear and suspicion, but welcome and benevolence? That's a shift, and that is micro, and it is way down deep. But when Paul says to the church, practice hospitality, he's not talking about the people who are in the church. He says, yes, show the people, the Lord's people, uh, verse 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, share the Lord's with the Lord's people who are in need. Then he says, practice hospitality. And the word he uses is brotherly love to the immigrant, the stranger, I would put in there the refugee, even the enemy. So this morning, a challenge to you. If you follow Jesus, even if you don't, I would argue, but if you do, the implications of resurrection, one of them is an invitation for, the, for God's people to live a life of radical hospitality where we, well, where we create space to host our relationship with God, with others, with the stranger, with the immigrant, with the other so an invitation for you this morning. What does that mean? Maybe there's one thing here this morning that you can sort of latch onto that the Spirit might be inviting you to. To move towards and develop, cultivate a spirit of hospitality in your own life. I hope and pray that there are lots of pop-in kind of moments, spontaneous, hey, do you want to have lunch after, let's get a donut at Moochie's, Mojo Monkey. They have a great maple bacon donut. 
it's a block away. Those kinds of things where this church becomes the kind of place where when someone comes, they're welcomed into this community and this family. Beyond, hi, how are you? My name is such and such. But, hey, there's some of us going to Shamrocks. Do you want to join us? Or, hey, we're going, we're going to this thing tonight at the church. Would you care to join us? Where we welcome, we host spaces for one another to encounter the divine in each other. Amen? Let me offer a word of prayer. Uh, we're going to have a time of silence, which we do weekly if you're new here. I'll invite the band back up and we'll close with a song, but not before a word of prayer and a moment of silence. So pray with me if you would. God, this morning, as we gather in this place where those behind the scenes who play music or put images on a screen or stand in the back have worked hard to set a table to host God's people. I pray that uh, you would burn in our hearts a conviction, a desire to host space for others. God, that we would see in you a generous host who welcomes, who embraces, who says you belong here. To those of us who are probably not worthy of hosting. And so God, I pray that you would teach us what it means to be welcomed, to be loved, to be cherished, and that you would instill in us as we follow you this desire to welcome you, one another, and even the stranger among us, I pray. So Holy Spirit, speak to us now. My friends, brothers and sisters, there is a prayer team that is always available on Sundays. They would love to be honored to pray with you and for you about anything. Uh, if you want a, a blessing over your family, by the way, you, there's markers back there in that little room you can write on the walls. I don't know if you knew that, but that's totally available too. So if that would get you over there, that's there. Um, but receive this benediction from Romans chapter 12. This is the message translation of the verse that we read from Paul. He says this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing the second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times, but pray all the harder. Help needy Christians and be inventive in hospitality. May the grace and peace of God go with you as you host spaces for each other and for the divine. Amen? Adios, my friends. Happy Mother's Day. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.